0: today's show we'll be talking about Karim Benzema, the best-looking footballers, and why Lucas Podolski is in the Germany squad. Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian McCourt. Joining me today is Paddy Higgs, Hello. Nico Durbin, Hi. and making a return appearance, it's the finest thing to come out of Portugal since Nuno Gomez. It's Andre Gonzalez.: Hi. There's two things I've learned today. One is that Kim Kardashian used to be an assistant to Paris Hilton. This is how she became famous. I didn't one of the reasons.: One of the reasons she became famous. Paddy Higgs told me about this. Someone else told me, yeah I'm not a fan of Kim Kardashian. And the second thing I've learned and I don't know if Nico or Paddy you know this, is that Andre has a double life
1: Oh. No, I didn't know that. Right.
2: (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't call it double life, but yeah. He has a secret life as a famous DJ in Berlin. Ah. Mm, Not the part of famous, but yeah, as a
0: DJ. So it means that
3: we can finally get into clubs.
0: We can finally get into clubs, but he DJs in abandoned warehouses.
2: Yeah, and bars, so no clubs.
3: Just by yourself or they are <laughs> <you>? Completely alone, <laughs> <laughs> completely alone. Cool. Yeah. That's,
0: that instantly makes him at least 20% cooler than the rest of us. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
2: Not overcompensating on the 20% cooler.
0: <laughs> no, no, 20, 20% sounds about right to me. <laughs> Tell you what, speaking of Nuno Gomez, he was a good-looking dude. He was, he was a good-looking dude, was he? He
3: was a good-looking dude. <laughs> he was right in your breadbasket, was he? Well,
0: not quite in my bread basket, but... <laughs> I think he would make it into some. Say, if we were to make a good-looking eleven.
3: Okay.
0: Okay, best-looking eleven of football. Intrigued
3: and a bit scared.
0: No, no, no! Don't be scared. It's open up. Open up is what I would say. Okay. So. No one's listening anyway. No one's listening, so nobody will know, and your girlfriend will. Should be comfortable enough with it anyway. <laughs> um, would he make it into your best-looking eleven,
3: Nuno? Probably not. But I mean, I don't really think about eleven good-looking. Footballers at one time to be honest there's only one for me yeah. and it's uh, it's Mats Hummels he's the he's the captain he's the yeah he's the star I mean he's like if Orlando Bloom somehow became 30% tougher then then Mats Hummels might be you know <laughs> you know I mean, you get what I'm saying you know he's just he's got the equal mix of, of looks and, and and you know charm and a little bit of just a little bit of battle battle hardness to him as well so yeah, I think that's... Uh, I probably raved on a bit too much about Matt, so... Anyone the, else? Those, those sky blue eyes. Yeah, well, we don't need to go on too much. Uh, it gets, it's getting a bit hot in here, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Nico? Yeah, see, I just I just need to to call his name and it's all I have to say about him, Mario Gomez.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Mario Gomez would make it into your best-looking 11.
1: Easily. He would be the best-looking 11 for Nico. <laughs> Look at the hair.
2: Yeah, ah, a bit questionable.
0: His, his
1: the physique, hair, right? Like... Gomez <laughs> or <who? laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're a similar type for me. They're a
2: very similar type. Yeah.
1: yeah. On the pitch, you, and have
2: off the you pitch. clearly have a type. Yeah. Off the pitch,
3: do you, reckon, do you Don't you reckon Mario Gomez looks a bit like Marty McFly's dad in Back to the Future though?
2: Completely. Yeah. 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 I yeah. totally agree with that.
3: Yeah, and he's not, you know, Crispin Glover. I think it is He's not necessarily renowned as a stud. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure where you're coming from, Nico. Sorry, I'm with you on Giroud, but I'm not sure about Gomez. Andres,
2: Andres, Xavi Alonso, and uh, probably uh, Marquisio,
3: too. Actually, a lot of people say I look like Xavi Alonso. True. A slightly redder version of Xavi Alonso. I read a bit. Also, no one knows what I look like on this podcast, so I could say anything right now. That's true.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, I've, <laughs> I've, I've compared I've... you with many people, but not Xavi Alonso. But you're seeing it now, aren't you? moving
0: on I tell you what I've actually I've come up with a best looking 11 ah okay. would you like to hear it
3: sure
0: Okay. in goals Gigi Buffon yeah it's hard to pass that up there's not a better looking keeper out there than Gigi Buffon
2: or Casillas
0: maybe yeah Casillas is a good looking guy he's a bit too clean cut for me yeah true you like a goalkeeper that smokes (laughs) Jens Jens
1: Lehmann
2: Lehmann Jens Lehmann no that would never occur to me you have a Hot taste when it comes to men.
1: <laughs> actually, interestingly, interestingly see, um, out of a man's perspective, I don't think Manuel Neuer is attractive. But Me I've, neither. Yeah. I've heard many, many of girls um, saying that they actually do think Manuel Neuer is very attractive. He looks like a Lego figure. He looks yeah. like an eel. His Boom. eyes are on the side of his head. <laughs> and listen, he's still better. He's
3: better looking to me, of course. But uh, yeah, I don't it's see it either. Weird. Is your girlfriend like Noya? Yes, she yeah, does. she
1: likes Noya. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't. And Which says it's... a bit for you, to be honest. Ah. <laughs> yeah, but that's the shoulders, the size, and have sure, sure. in coming.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay, let me give you my defense. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. My defense
0: is Sergio Ramos. Yeah. The aforementioned Matt Hummels.
3: Yes. Uh, yeah.
0: Nesta and Paolo Maldini. Yeah. Yeah. Can't go past can can argue with any of those choices. I don't think. R- um, I, I would argue
2: it. Ramos. Uh, is yeah. a bit of a, of a douche. Uh, I so. I'm just going on aesthetics here. I've
0: seen. In, if
1: it, if it, I think you've you've looked at too many Hugo Boss billboards <laughs> in the last weeks. Like you're a bit going <laughs> to the Mediterranean. There. Yeah. Well, wait till you hear my midfield. All right.
0: That that reclaims it.
3: So I think Martin Keon was a little unlucky to miss out that. Keon
0: was a little bit unlucky <laughs> to miss so. out. Okay. So, Andrea Pirlo? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. With beard or without beard? With beard. With beard. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: With beard. Okay.
0: David Beckham? Yeah. 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 Captain. Freddie Lundberg? Mm-hmm. And Freddie Lundberg is the captain. Oh. Oh, Dex. I've seen Freddie Lundberg in those Armaniads, you know. I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And uh, George Best.
3: Yeah. Dice,
0: come yeah. On. Yeah. 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 Okay, now the, the next one, I'm playing a 4-4-1, just so you know. Uh, f- sorry, 4-4-1-1. Now the next one, my girlfriend didn't quite agree with. Zinedine Zidane.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I- he is masculine. Yeah. It's those eyes, those brooding eyes. You can see he's been through pain. <laughs> that's that's how I see it
2: the
3: pain of <laughs> for <forehead>. him. <laughs> yeah. would,
2: I wouldn't consider him um, handsome but I would say he's a, he's a charming man he got it, a
3: certain allure like yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah okay and up front Raul Ooh. yeah I would but, like, but you said you didn't like Casillas and Raul is exactly the, the same type of guy I think It's a good point yeah. that's a very good point he's a clean clean, yeah. clean boy
0: maybe I need to swap him for the more Giroud type yeah, I, I, but I would go with Raul and Chihu at yeah. front. Decent. Yeah, I mean, I'd
3: rather date Raul than Giroud, to be honest. He just looks like he'd look after you a bit
0: a bit, a bit more tender. Yeah, a bit yeah. more tender.
3: He'd <laughs> open a door for you, get your jacket, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, we're
0: well, moving on to more serious matters.
1: But give me, give me a second. Where's Ronaldo? Where's Neymar? Where are all the... No, Ronaldo doesn't... Where are all the Instagram stars? No, Ronaldo just... Just doesn't do it for me.
3: <laughs> You're all right, A Bit lost for words.
1: I don't know. I thought you were objective. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, Neymar looks a bit like a teenager. Yeah. Right?
3: Honestly, Neymar doesn't do much for me. Um, to be honest, what does do much for me in this department? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that Ronaldo is a little stiff to to be missing out on the uh, on selection okay
0: with um moving on to a more uh on a more serious note i want to read you a quote from pablo Zabaleta before the manchester derby last weekend he said since the draw with kiev the media have talked about city making history in the champions league but here everyone is just talking about the derby that's normal when a big game is coming celebrate doing well in europe if you like but we are only thinking about united now i watched the game on on Sunday, and it looked to me like the players, with the exception of Sergio Aguero, were not in the least bit interested in the Manchester derby. Paddy,
3: who's to blame for that? Is it the players? Is it Pellegrini? I mean, for, for sure, you're 100% correct. They were abject um, against United. Um, we, we know that United have not been particularly uh, impressive over the last couple of weeks either. Um, so for City to be humbled in such a way was... And I think it just really shows that they do have some massive problems. You know, they spent a lot of money, but you look at the, the defence that they fielded um, against United, Di Michellis I mean he looked every bit his age, you know, coming up against Rashford. Um, it was it was incredible. That that goal, you know, it was like it was a it was a witch's hat, basically it was a pine you know, it was a pine cone, you know, just getting just getting absolutely done by this kid. Is that the end of Martin DeMichellis from Man City? It's hard to come back from that. Of course, it's not the end. Um, But uh, to be honest, it it didn't look great. Um, I think, you know, back to your original question, um, Pellegrini's got a lot of uh, praise for the way he's handled this Guardiola situation. But you can't hide the fact that they've really been poor since then. Um, I think City players have pretty much checked out a few weeks ago. They've obviously got a few things that they still to play for. But, you know, you can't just turn it on and off. And they definitely were off against United and, it's it's hard to sort of see... They're just treading water. Um, and Pellegrini will go, and it'll be, unfortunately, a bit of a sour end. He's perhaps been a little bit unlucky in some respects. Um, but this Guardiola decision has is, is all but ruined City's latter half of the season, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, do, and, I just want to say that it, when you're watching Manchester City playing with Mangala and uh, Demichelis as both centre-backs, you feel sorry for them. You You cannot spend a lot of money, as City always been spending for the last, I don't know, maybe five years or something like that. Uh, and and having these two guys on Nantabe, it's ridiculous, honestly. And and if you look a bit further, you will, will find Fernando and Fernandinho up front, which is probably the most boring uh, midfielder you can, you can find at the moment. So... You, you cannot do much with these players.
3: But you say this now, Andre. I mean, all these players cost a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. It's
2: and, insane. And How yeah.
3: much did Mangala cost? 48 40 million? Yeah. 48, yeah. 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 After add-ons and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible um, that they've got such a patchy squad yet have spent so much money. And, um, yeah, I mean, Guardiola, things will change under Guardiola. He, he really likes to have a, a say in, in who comes in and who comes out. Um, and also, his Particular playing style will pretty much sort out that squad from day one. Or if, if not day one, then day three. He'll know exactly who he wants to be um, with and who he wants out of the club. Um, so there's going to be a lot of change. I mean, the potential to be a lot of change. Um, but the problem is, you know, you can't get rid of them all. And I, mm. just there will be people who respond um, to Guardiola's way of uh, you know playing, but. At this point, with the way that they're playing now, there's a lot of guys who don't look that like they can. What would worry me most if
0: I were a City fan, and I'm not. But if I were a City fan, is how David Silva has performed over the last while. I mean, I don't know if you noticed if he was on the pitch during the derby because I hardly did. And when he when he did get on the ball, he was ineffective. He couldn't find he couldn't find the runs of Aguero. He couldn't, you know, he that that thing that he does of splitting apart the defense. He wasn't doing it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we had uh, David Mooney from um, Typical City in a couple of weeks ago, and he nominated Silver as the one player who's likely to go. Um, I mean, for, he's been a terrific player for City, and, and the, the fans love him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he doesn't look like he's responding to this latter half of the season, let alone, you know, when Guardiola does actually come in. It's incredible, because a couple of seasons ago, he was obviously the, one of the
0: marquee players that first came in and announced to the world that sure. City are here. And a couple of seasons ago, it would have
2: been unthinkable that David Silva could have been sold. But looking at it now, I don't. I don't think is uh, going away. No, is exactly the kind of player that would fit perfectly in uh in Pep's team. And uh, I mean, probably uh, for, if he's on form. If he's on form, of course. But I, I would say that uh, Fernando and Fernandinho, are, they're probably both go
1: away. Both of them.
2: Both of them. Yeah, yeah. Pep uh, likes to have a. Uh, some kind of uh, pivot, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, a guy who can construct like something. Ser- like Sergio Busquets. Like Busquets, yeah. yeah. And uh, neither Fernandinho or Fernando are the, uh, no, this I kind of know, guy. And I, the I think they, they're probably going to try to sell both and, and get Verratti in order to make that team a PAP team.
0: Uh, so the defeat leaves City 15 points behind Leicester, albeit with the game in hand, You'd expect them. That's out of them out
3: of the title race. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right. I mean, you can look at the projection, and I think there's there's a way that they could potentially finish ninth. Um, so, you know, they shouldn't really be talking about top. It's more about Champions League for them at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they 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 go from here because that's a that's a rocking loss. They've obviously got uh, Champions League um, as well uh, to consider, um, but you can't. Put in performances like that, and then turn to Europe the next minute and think that you're going to be able to perform at this stage. I'm going
0: to put it out there: West Ham and Man United are just a point behind Man City. I don't think West Ham will do it, but I think that Man United will pip City for
3: a Champions League spot, which would be huge. And it would. It, again, you've got a Pellegrini has to shoulder some of this blame, um, but at the same time, he's been thrust into a situation where he was doing reasonably well. Let's be honest, um, but the city board decided that there was someone better than him, um, as is their right, but as is quite you know unusual for, for this sort of day and age and, and for this sort of calibre of job. Um, and so he's had to, you know, he's a dead man walking. Um, he's probably looking at his other options. Um, and you, can, you can't really blame the players either for, you know, um, I guess clocking out. But that being said, you know, when you've got a new coach coming in who's going to be watching every city game from here on in, wouldn't you want to perhaps try and impress him? Because there's not much to say that's, that's impressive at the moment.
0: No, I, I would have thought they would have been playing harder.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, Out of interest, uh, it, we will talk about this again in future podcasts. Out of interest, does anybody expect City
1: to progress in the Gulf derby against PSG? Um, not not really. I think PSG can focus on the Champions League now. They've won the league already. Um, the momentum is just on their side. Um Manchester City um, has to decide between the trade off, where to put the focus on. And even if they were to focus on the Champions League, I think PSG is just stronger um, at the moment.
0: Agreed.
3: Yeah. Not, not bad with that. Andre, are
2: you with them? Yeah, totally.
4: One football, the best football app der Welt.
0: On the line to talk to us about all things French is ESPN and Bleacher Reports, Jonathan Johnson. Jonathan, just want to start off by asking you how these awful events in Belgium today will have a knock-on effect for the European
5: Championships in Paris. Well, obviously, you know I think the organisers are going to be looking at what's happened uh, and and really trying to, you know, use some of uh, of what's gone on uh to make sure that they you know don't cut any corners in uh, in in preparing for the the security aspect of uh, of euro 2016 uh you know obviously even with uh, with paris and the uh, the november attacks you know still very uh you know at the forefront of of many people's minds here in, uh, in in france uh you know an event like this uh, you know, will have really, you know, hammered home the point once again that security has to take absolute top priority, uh, you know, and I'm sure that there will be things that will be, uh, you know, debated once again uh, in the in the coming weeks, you know, I'm thinking about stuff like fan zones, that kind of thing, because, uh, you know, when you see something like this happening as close to, uh, as, as close to France uh, as, as Belgium is, then, you know, obviously it, it, it reinforces the idea that, you know, the Euros could be a, a, a major target for terrorists how have the how have the events affected the
0: players, and how will they feel because they go back to the Stade de France for the first time uh, when they play russia um next week um, is there an added, do they feel there's an added
5: responsibility on their shoulders to kind of unite the nation or anything like that I don't think so to be honest you know I think that um you know that sort of moment was uh, what we saw uh when when France played England at Wembley, and you know i think since then. Uh, you know, obviously it was it was horrendous the, the the events that happened, and you know it would have been a shock to all of the players. But I think they will have uh, all been dealing with it uh, in their own ways. Uh, you know, perhaps there might be some you know stronger emotions for somebody like uh, Lassana Diara, you know, who did lose somebody very close uh, in the uh, in, in the Paris attacks. But otherwise, uh, you know, I don't think that uh you know too many of the players will be building this, this this match up in their minds because of what happened uh last time out and you know I'm not too sure if the if the fans will be as well.
3: Jonathan just a, a difference between, you know, um that, that awful those awful events in, in Paris and I guess the, the games you've attended since and I guess will attend this week. Um what sort of difference have you noticed?
5: Well I mean there's much more security um obviously since the uh since the paris attacks what I, what I will say actually is uh going back to the uh uh to the night of the france germany game and the uh, and the attacks in Paris, there was a bomb threat called in on the German national team hotel that day and um, because of that um, I noticed that the security before that game was higher than you know i think i 've ever known it. Uh, and since then, uh, you know, that high level of security hasn't really dropped uh, here in France. Uh, you know, I regularly go and, uh, and, and watch Paris Saint-Germain's games here in the capital uh, and since uh, since November. Security at Parc des Princes has been uh, really, really high. You know, as high as it was at Stade de France that night before the match. So, you know, I think that we'll probably see a similar level of security for, uh, you know, all sort of Euro 2016 games when they when they do come around. And I'm sure that we'll see it the same level uh, of security when uh, when Russia uh, come to town next week. Getting back to matters on the pitch.
0: Um, one of the biggest talking points from Didier Deschamps' latest squad has been the omission of Karim Benzema. Now, I saw him at the weekend. He looked fit. He looked sharp. Uh, he, scored, he scored once, had a hand in one of the others, I believe. And he now has 24 and 25 for Madrid this season. What's with his omission? Surely surely this is the sort of player
5: that Deschamps needs in the squad. Um Deschamps, you know, would love to have him in the squad. However, you know, I I wonder if perhaps he was uh, I, I won't say misled, but you know, wasn't given an accurate idea of um of, of Benzema's shape uh, ahead of the squad. Um you know, it was quite sort of close to Deschamps naming his group um that, that Benzema did have the uh, uh you know the the order against him lifted, which means that he can now be uh, you know, he he can now speak with uh, with Matthew Valbuena again, which makes it possible for Deschamps to call up both players. Uh, obviously, he's uh, neither player features in this squad. Um, you know, Valbuena's out as well as. Uh, Benzema but i think as well at the moment you know bringing Benzema back in immediately especially given um the controversy that surrounds him at the moment not just because of the sex tape scandal um you know but also because of uh, you know some of the comments by politicians in France at the moment about uh, how they believe he shouldn't be included in the squad you know i think it's more realistic for uh, Deschamps to perhaps look at calling him up for the next friendlies uh, with a view to to bringing him into the Euros squad, uh, you know, essentially at the end of the day, if Benzema is fit um, and his his status remains the same as it is at the moment, he will be going to the Euros. Uh, you know, he's one of the the few players in the squad that uh, that, that Deschamps has any concerns over. Uh, you know, he does, he he has been a key part of Deschamps' plans since he since he took over as coach, even when he went through that massive goal drought. Uh, you know, and I think that uh, assuming that nothing. Uh, you know, takes a turn for the worse uh, for him off the pitch uh, in terms of that investigation into the uh, Valbuena sex tape uh, blackmail. Then he will definitely be at the Euros. Um, has
0: there been any suggestion? Because I know the Prime Minister and the Sports Minister have spoken about Benzema. Has there been any suggestion at all that there's political influence on the suggest- in the selection?
5: I don't think so, because you know, at the end of the day, both both of those men who've who've commented have, have both uh, you know. Uh, Accepted that it's up to Deschamps at the end of the day that he has this. You know he has the right to choose uh, the best French players. Uh, They're just putting across their opinions. Uh, You know, Deschamps has uh, you know has 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 also said that he uh, you know while appreciating their their thoughts and their opinions uh, you know at the end of the day has to pick the strongest squad possible and you know sort of within his own uh, limitations you know because we've seen Deschamps over the last couple of years leaving out certain players who are you know sort of too controversial to to call up. I'm thinking about the likes of um, Samir Nasri. Uh, you know, and and Dechon, uh so Benzema is a player that Deschamps can't be without uh, right now. So you know, I don't think that there will long term be any sort of um, you know political agenda keeping uh, keeping Benzema out. But perhaps the uh, uh, the recent Ferrari um, with the with the quotes that were made about Benzema, uh, you know, perhaps made it difficult for him to be called into this squad. Uh, you know, and sort of the combination of that and his injury, uh, perhaps meant that uh, Deschamps fancied bringing other players in so that he could take a look at them uh, because their positions in his squad for the euros assuming that everybody is uh, fit and in form uh, you know are, are more questionable than uh, than benzemas
3: Jonathan you you mentioned obviously you know, for football reasons benzema should be in that squad and that's clear i think everyone would uh, no one would debate that and um, but from a from a i guess a team culture point of view um, you know what he's been accused of is, is a pretty big betrayal for one of his teammates and, and uh, you know, uh, friends for a while, I suppose as well. Um, the, the French team has had occasionally problems with the with the team culture. Um, do you think that this, you know, this I guess controversy has any sort of um, way of potentially disrupting um, France's preparations?
5: I don't think so. I mean, I I, I see your point, uh, you know, and it's something that's been debated plenty of times in the past, and it's something Deschamps worked really hard, uh, you know, to try and stamp out. You know, he's tried to 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 make a real, uh, you know, squad, a united group, and not just a collection of uh, of individuals as France have looked, uh, you know, at times in the past where we've seen international tournaments and and campaigns just you know, come completely undone at the seams. Uh, you know, I think that at the end of the day, Benzema has good relations with uh, many of the players Uh, and I think that quite a few of them uh, if they don't know already uh, you know I'm sure they will once they uh, uh, you know once they meet up with him and speak with him will probably realize that Benzema is in this situation more out of stupidity than anything else Uh, you know I don't think he's as much of a poisonous influence when he is in the squad uh, as you know somebody like Nasri was which led to you know some of his teammates pushing and, and, and saying to the coach look you know, we, we, we don't want this guy here we don't feel comfortable with him in the squad uh, we don't feel that he's a good influence
0: uh, So there's no Benzema and there's also no Hadam Ben Arfa who scored a
5: wonderful goal at the weekend
0: um, is there any hope of him making the squad for the Euros?
5: Yeah, I definitely think that there is uh, hope for him making the squad. However, at the moment, uh, with, with Ben Arthur, the problem with him is he's still quite mercurial. You know, he blows very hot and very cold. Uh, it was a well-timed goal for him just before the, the squad was announced. You know, So if there's any sort of injury in that attacking unit uh, during this international break, then I'm sure you know, he's probably the first name. Uh, on Deschamps' list to call up, but I think that uh, you know I don't think that he uh, can be completely ruled out of going to the Euros. Ben Arfa, but I think Deschamps was perhaps um, you know starting to bring him into the international fold uh, with an eye towards uh, the you know the 2018 World Cup and not necessarily. Uh, the euros yes, he is a very useful option to have, and he has shown that he has matured quite a lot since since going to nice uh, he's become more consistent in his play, even though he is still as i said uh, you know a little bit uh, a, a little bit mercurial however um you know I think that if Ben Alpha can continue the the sort of form that we saw from him in the early part of the season, which earned him his first uh, return to the French squad for i think it was about four or five years. You know, I I don't think you can count uh, Ben Arthur out. You know, you look at where Nice are in the table at the moment. The reason they're up and um, fighting for a Champions League qualification is because uh, largely because of you know Ben Arfa's at times talismanic form. So I, d- I definitely think that if he can continue that, help Nice continue their push for for European qualification, uh, then he you know he definitely has a shout uh, at getting into Deschamps' squad for the Euros. However, you know at the moment I think. Deschamps leaving him out has, has sort of left him with a point to prove over the final part of the season and and if he does that uh, you know I think that he may well uh, be in the be in the squad for the euros otherwise uh, you know I think he's been given a little bit of encouragement and you know it certainly has something to weigh him for uh, ahead of 2018 um you know and it's up to him to decide you know what his sort of future holds within the next uh, season or so uh, as it doesn't look like he will stay at Nice past the end of this season that's great. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot for having me on, guys. Jonathan, that's yeah. wonderful. Thank you very much.
2: One football,
0: On the line is Stefan Busco from The Yellow Wall. Uh, Stefan, before we talk to you about the German squad and the upcoming friendlies, maybe you could just give us a quick reaction to Klopp's return to Dortmund with Liverpool?
4: Well, I think in general Borussia Dortmund fans are very excited to see Claude back. Uh, the general reaction was that, you know, it, it could have come later than the quarterfinal, but uh, now we take it as it is and we are very looking forward to it because uh, it'll be great and emotional for everyone, but I think in the end uh, it won't matter and Borussia Dortmund should comfortably go through.
3: Well, I mean, that's the point, isn't it, Stefan? Just something that I want to make. Um, in that on paper, I think Dortmund are a far better and a far more uh, organized side than Liverpool at the moment. But what sort of um, effect do you think Klopp's return might have on the Dortmund players in particular?
4: Oh, well, I think they will just be extra motivated. And uh, so far, it has been very positive for Borussia Dortmund this season. I don't think they will... Uh, have a negative effect in in any sort of way. I just think it'll it'll propel Dortmund's ambitions even more, and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, making me very confident ahead of the game.
1: Well, at the same time, um, Klopp knows the squad really well, and that might be an advantage for him and his squad, don't you think?
4: Yeah, well, everyone knows Lionel Messi, but you can't stop it. And even though if Jurgen Klopp knows his old players, a lot of things have changed in Dortmund and they are playing a completely different style and just because he, he, he might know the players and give his players a little details how to, let's say, cover a certain player, you know, from which angle because he is a stronger foot there and this, you know, a couple of details will certainly suit him as an advantage but I think overall it, it won't matter too much. So just
3: to be clear, Stefan, you're comparing Borussia Dortmund or you're saying Borussia Dortmund is the team version of Lionel Messi?
4: Yeah, of course. Wasn't that clear? <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to make a comparison, you know.
3: Um, we might move on to the to the national squad. Um, any surprises for you? I guess from a Dortmund perspective, uh, the form of Marcel Schmelzer and Eric Durham in the last few weeks perhaps, um, but, you know, prompted many to believe that they might be included, but they weren't. Do you see that as a bit of a surprise? And how do you see the squad in general?
4: Well, I think in in general we can say it's a pretty strong squad, but you're right. Marcel Schmelzer is currently the best left back in Germany and uh, it is surprising to see that he isn't on the team. Eric Durm, yeah, I don't know about him, but yeah, Schmelzer had a a problematic relationship with Löw because uh, in 2012 he didn't play all too well for Germany and uh, Löw made some Iki comments about him telling the media that he cannot carve out a left back for for this position, so he has to deal with the material he has, and that was obviously meant for Schmelze, And yeah, ever since it has a bit been a bit frail. I mean, Jogi Löw is a, a coach who who likes his favorite players. I mean, Lukas Podolski is still lurking around in there somewhere, so. <laughs> but yeah overall i'm i'm pretty happy with the with the germany squads and i think uh, against um italy and and england uh dortmund uh, germany should be the heavy favorites but uh you know these are friendly so i wouldn't really take too much into account but the the important part for for Löw is now that he finds a way to implement the whole dortmund and bayern system because both Teams play very similar uh, in his team, which has already started for the Euro qualifiers and now intensifies it. So he has a well-working machine ready for the Euros.
0: Um, you mentioned Lukas Podolski. How is he still in the squad?
4: Well, I don't know. I, I have no idea because Lukas Podolski hasn't done anything of note for Germany in, uh, let's say, two years or so. At least I cannot remember Um yeah, he has a couple of run a couple of substitutions. Um, I, I think Löw just likes him and sticks with him. Maybe he's just a good player to have on the roster because he's uh, always uh, making everyone laugh. That's my only explanation here because from a footballing point of view, there is none.
1: Well, but then you might as well just take Koskoits, no?
4: Yeah, well, <laughs> he, he, has, uh, he had too many bad incidents for his personal agenda to be still on the roster.
3: Just, just lastly Stefan Max Kruse, there's been a lot written about him um he's got a you know a long list of indiscretions if you read particular publications in Germany at least um he's hes stuffed up a little bit before the World Cup in 2014 missed the tournament as a consequence it looks like he's done the same again do you think there's any way back from him um, with with this Germany squad before the euros first of all and at all
4: well, hard to say because I, as I already touched upon, I think Löw is very keen on a very good team chemistry and uh, Max Kruse doesn't seem like the player who uh, cares too much about his team, you know, just all the things that came up recently doesn't, doesn't you know, it seems like he's a bit egocentric going to poker tournaments and leaving a lot of money in, in cars isn't just a thing to do when you're playing for a struggling Wolfsburg side. You know, so I'm not sure. Obviously, he's a good player. He's the false nine type of player uh, Germany can use definitely, but it's not like they don't have enough good players. So, yeah, too bad for Kruse, but I personally won't really miss him anyway. Um Love is a big fan
0: of the false nine, but he's also brought Mario Gomez into the squad. What do you who's not not exactly a false nine, but a very real nine. Um, is this a plan b for love or is this is it realistic that gomez could actually start
4: well i doubt that yogi love is a big fan of the mario gomez button so um yeah surely a, a plan b right there um because uh we we have seen it in germany time and time again that sometimes the false nine version doesn't really work that they just yeah lack a little bit of this this uh Physique in, in the box, and sometimes they, they do want to uh, diversify their options and uh, maybe use crosses in an old fashioned way. And then Mario Gomez has turned his form up a little bit, so I think he's deservedly there. It's never bad to have an experienced striker in the squad. And since uh, Stefan Kiesling will never ever make it to Germany, I think it's a good option to have, but I wouldn't expect uh, Gomez to really feature in the Euros. But uh, you know, for, for trying out, I think it's, it's a good and safe option. That's great, Stefan. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Cheers, mate.
0: That's all from us today. My thanks to Andre, Paddy, Nico, Stefan and Jonathan. Go to iTunes, download the podcast, let us know what you think and hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at OneFootball.